You are listening to the Become a Guitarist Today podcast with Adam Roach. Hey there, and welcome to episode number 116. With my guest today, Eva Bjorkson from the band Enslaved. So Enslaved, we've got a new album out called Utgard, which I'm sure you're really going to enjoy. So in today's podcast, Eva really breaks down the album, lets us know all behind the, the lyrics and the, the music. So it's a really good insight to the album, which I'm sure you're all going to enjoy. Thank you once again to my sponsors, Ernie Ball, Living Music, Musician, and Custom Katapics. Now, before we go to the interview, let's have a quick listen to one of the songs from the new album. This song's called Homebound. Good, thanks for doing this for us. Yes, sure. Yeah, so I just thought we can talk about the new album if it's okay. Now, yeah, sure. I've got to make sure Perfect. I say it right. Is it Woodgard? Perfect. Hey, there we go. It's been a, a while in the making, has it? The first few uh, uh, riffs were written in November 2018. Yep. So, yeah, and then working, uh, songwriting, working in rehearsal pre productions until. Uh, Pretty much beginning of October 2019 when we started recording. Okay. Uh, uh, recorded all of October, November. It's mixing beginning of December and it was mastered and done on December 24th to be precise. And, oh. uh, yeah. Yeah. After that, it's been some video um, preparing, layout and so on. And uh, yeah, it was initially scheduled for release in May. Yep. Uh, and uh, But now it's finally coming out, October 2nd. Yeah, that's excellent. So, so you've been doing a lot of interviews and everything uh, leading up to it. Yeah, it's been a, been a really long, uh, probably the longest sort of promo period we, we've had mm. uh, because of we even got started a little bit with the early press when the still uh, plan was still uh, May. But that's that's been uh, been excellent, uh, and it's I have to say I'm really stoked about even with this COVID situation and yep. everything going on that it's still able to get that much um, attention. It's, it's fantastic. Really, really grateful for that, that both uh, the fans and the media are, are uh, yeah, really supporting it and, and, uh, and talking about it. Yeah, well, I guess that's the thing, like a, a lot of the other guests I've been talking to, uh, they've got albums coming out, and it's, uh, I mean, yeah, it's bad that you can't tour that at the moment, but um, just having that more time to actually promote the, the album as well is uh, probably a good thing as well. Exactly. You have to find the, the good things in it in a situation like this and yeah. just go for that, you know. Yeah. Uh, being just um, frustrated about it, it's not going to get anything anywhere anyways. No, that's right. <laughs> Actually, I just finished watching your uh, live YouTube clip, was it live in the studio from April this year? Yeah. That was amazing, great sound. Yeah, thanks. We we spent a lot of time with, uh, one thing is the band that we can, you know, rehearse and get stuff as good as we can, but we're lucky in our hometown of Bergen here in Norway. There's a lot of people 
who has been um, involved in this whole, uh, you know, producing for online content in, in other settings and so on. Yep. And and they, uh, for this festival that was done in, in uh, April, they, they put together this team of all these uh, people coming from here that had been out and about and, and working on that. So there's so many weird parameters, you know, mm. on, on uh, sound levels out and, and certain, you know, there's frequencies that won't make it. Um, and especially when you have loud music, that's the challenge. I think it's really important for bands in this period of time to to connect with people who has that technical know-how on like how to get your music. Because like having a guy on an acoustic guitar is probably going to sound good yeah. in any format. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah, exactly. But once when you add those dBs and the distortion and, and all that stuff, then you have to have someone who knows what they're doing besides just making good sound in a concert room isn't isn't the same, I guess. No, 100%. So did you know the guy that was doing the mixing for that night? Yeah, we had our our own um, for sound engineer and yep. then they they sent, we were able to work together with a, with a guy from the local sound company who had been doing that okay. online thing at television production a lot. So he was in there advising um, throughout the entire day on, on how to, to solve different things and it worked out beautifully. Yeah, I mean, it's probably one of the best ones I've seen out there as far as the, I mean, the songs are great, but the sound, just the, yeah, it's just really mm. well mixed. It is great, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you could probably <laughs> release that as a, a live album. We, we, we have all these uh, documented, yeah. So I think next year, uh, when when things are opening again, mm. I think it's definitely something to look at because we've got so many questions about that. We've mm. done two more after that, oh, okay. um, and we're doing one more on the day before the release on October first. All oh, okay. different sets. No songs are being played in in, in uh, more than once in these four concerts. Oh wow! Um, it's been fun also because that's given us a challenge. We spent yeah. I, we spent more time rehearsing this year than we done ever before <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, which, which I'm, I'm glad we did it was uh, our singer uh, Grutler said that like immediately like now we just have to this we have to use this for something and mm. I think rehearsing is a good thing because we always talk about that we go in we prepare for a concert uh, a festival or a tour yep. uh, and then we don't really have the time to sort of go back and, and try out old songs or, mm. or just geek out on certain parts that we feel could be even tighter and to have that time to just meet up for three, four hours and just have a, sel- a selection of maybe three, four sort of extra challenging parts and just repeat over and over and over again, like yep. like you did when you were, you know, learning the instrument. Yeah, that's right. It, it's, it's really, really valuable for us as a band. And we're going to take that with us. We've already set aside next year, even if it opens and if it's touring, we're going to mm-hmm. set aside... A certain amount of, of weeks where the, where we we have sort of musical goals that now we're not going to just rehearse live sets yep. let's go and, and work on for instance uh, you know um, tricky sort of those uh, 16th and 30, 32 notes and, and doing that in, in in sync or let's work on improvisation let's work on dynamics going from you know uh, from from low volume to to high volume and all that stuff in, in the dynamic sense mm. uh, and, and work yeah take that with us so we learned a lot from this year yeah yeah for sure so those other ones you spoke about are they on YouTube as well no they were no they were just we did live streamings of them and then kept them up for like three days so oh, that okay. people with with if the work schedule crashed then um, 
and then they could watch it for a few days. But uh, there will be viewings. We'll be announcing that on our on our webpage. Yep. Um, some a few more times, like uh, before, on winter solstice, there will be one probably, and then again next year and there. And then as so many people have asked if there's a way to to um, to get us as recordings, yeah. we'll probably put the both on a, like a physical format, I don't know, like a DVD and okay. probably on Bandcamp too, so people could download it digitally. Yep. Uh, but yeah, Excellent. it's not going to be buried, no. Yeah, yeah, that's good, yeah. So the the one year, the, the recent ones, have they got songs from the new album as well? Uh, no, that's just the, the one on October 1st. That's oh, okay. Gonna, we're going to pretty much play half the new album uh, and then there's going to be a lot of, yeah, release party stuff. Yeah, Two yeah. nights... To, uh, you know, I think the label is helping out. They have these young um, digital masters who can uh, see if, if we can connect and talk to some people uh, yeah. at, after, you know, after playing the songs and so on. So you write all the music first and then do the lyrics later, mm. is that right? Normally, yeah, that's how we've been working. Uh, this time, we, it be- happened a lot more in in uh, in sync. We've been working. My impression is that is sort of the, the traditional uh, metal approach: is that you write the songs and then you add the lyrics. And um, and we've been those two have been closing in and we've been doing it more and more at the same time. And this time, I reached a point where we're doing those two things pretty much at the same time. Yeah. All right. And even uh, some of the framework for the lyrics, a few lines, and, and a lot of the titles were actually made before the, the music this time and, and really influenced the music. I, I don't know, it's it's hard to pinpoint, but I do think that that might have have something to do with, with the shorter songs also, mm. that the ideas, when we have the song title and, and bits of the lyrics, when you, when you start to write it, yeah. that that is sort of influencing the music and, and getting sort of the, the essence of the song more clearly in a way that's just what i'm thinking yeah yeah mm. so the the album is it got like a, the whole theme to the whole album yes yeah there's a, a concept that's in the title utgard yep. which is the land or the stronghold outside of of asgard which is in norse mythology is the home of the gods and then utgard is sort of yeah this unknown territory outside it's there's a lot of reference to it in mythology and, and certain stories but it's always from the perspective of of Asgard of, of some of the gods going from there into Utgard and so on mm. uh, so it's it's also uh, when people talk about the runes and, and, and the rune mysticism and in psychology it's it's very often referred to as a metaphor for the unconscious uh, that which cannot be sort of reached or controlled directly, but it can be accessed through through memories and uh, the use of thought and so on. So it's it's a very we've been dealing a lot with with sort of known variables from the mythology and interpreting that and using them as metaphors. And this time it really felt refreshing to sort of turn around and go the other way into the lesser known territories because there has a lot of potential for creativity and uh, and humor i guess and uh, and that's that's very uh, recognizable in 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 the human experience i think that we have you have to go deep sometimes to find inspiration you can be surprised at times what what 
what you're capable of and, and what is really in there yeah. if you just uh, allow yourself to to step into that darkness in a sense you know darkness and, and and shadows and the unknown has a very naturally a negative association a lot of the times i guess mm. for once from from evolution because it's not safe <laughs> what you can't see there might be some kind of saber-toothed tiger there waiting for you whatever mm. uh, and but also with uh, modern sort of western christianized thinking it's you're better off not thinking too much right just just Trust us on what we say, you know, we're the ones in power, whether it's the priest or the, or the politicians, just don't think outside in the, in the shadows because uh, it'll hurt you. Uh, but we know from experience, I guess, most of us now that what they really mean is that don't question them because the minute you start questioning uh, sort of self, self-appointed self power, it, it crumbles very quickly. Yeah. So, yeah. so does it pretty much go in sequence of like what you're talking about? Yeah. In a sense, it, it describes the journey uh, yeah. from the, the opening track of Fires in the Dark of sort of being in there, mm. having gone outside of the, the great wall that surrounds the, the safe territory of, of uh, Osgod or or the ego or the consciousness, if you want. Yeah. And and all of a sudden, you're, you're in there and you see these fires in the dark and you don't know what to expect from the journey. And then there's different aspects and, and things that are experienced by by sort of the the eye character, if you want. That, yep. that It's a dual eye figure inspired by Carl Jung, the psychologist's uh, use of, of these two. The light bearer, which is sort of the conscious, wake, you know, uh, awakened, normal, everyday state of mind, and the shadow. Uh, which is everything that you carry with you in the unconscious, and they have to find a way to take each other, go together through this and mm. explore territory. And sort of the, the 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 goal is unification, a sort of a recognition of each other in a sense yep. uh, through this experience that you need your unconscious weird dream world kind of because you need it for creativity and and sort of the deeper human uh, qualities, so to speak. Mm. But your unconscious also needs your consciousness, your ego, to navigate uh, in, in a structured, ordered uh, universe. Mm. And that, that's what it's about. And then maybe in a, towards the end of the album, there's a, there's hope, at least, for some mm. kind of unification and, and, uh, and coexistence. And, and that's the whole thing, that it's sort of a um, hope a yearning for some kind of rebirth where where all of the elements are included. You haven't got um, influenced by Hawkwind at all, have you? Oh yes. Oh really? We we have been listening a lot to Hawkwind, absolutely. Oh. We even did. That's one of fun moments when we got to open for them on a, a festival here in town in 2005 it's still a still a very uh, cherished uh, memory okay Hawkwind is, is really a uh, sort of a we experienced that sort of a bridging mm. kind of thing where psychedelia metal rock uh, prog and everything sort of comes together in it yeah um it's sort of yeah, it's, oh, it's wow. a wonderful man, a wonderful oh, man. Yeah, yeah, totally. No, because 
I just, as I was watching the video before, I thought, well, this, because I used to be in a Hawkwind cover band called Hawklords a long time ago. Oh, cool. Yeah, this is, um, <laughs> you know, we all dressed up, back when we had our hair down here, you know, dressed up in our, um, like, fluoro suits and, you know, doing Utopia, all those ones. Yeah, so watching your video remind me a lot of the Hawkwind sound, but a bit heavier. Yeah. Yeah, that song for the latest video, Uri Utun, is, is definitely a, it's pretty close to a, a Hawkwind tribute from our side, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Baseline and everything. Yes. Um, so the other thing is, when you did write the album, so did you write it mostly on acoustic first? Yeah. Okay. That was the uh, that was the mythology for this this time. That it was very interesting. Some of yeah, part of it is written as like the riff itself is written on the acoustic. Okay. But the, a lot of it comes from writing sort of the the underlying uh, chord structure is written on 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 an acoustic and then then. It's written in two steps. The acoustic is, is doing sort of the, the the underlying chord, lots of open string yep. things to get that get the resonance and, and sort of I get a big sound out of it. And then uh, recording that and adding and then writing the the electric guitar riff on top of that. Mm. And uh, I haven't done that before. Uh, okay. Do that sort of split writing in in two two steps. And that was really inspirational. I think that's something I'm going to continue with the next one also. Yeah. Um, it's. It's partly because I've started using a piezo system on my guitar. We wanted to include the acoustic parts from our old songs also when playing them live. Yep. So, and this whole thing of having an acoustic guitar on a stand in front of me didn't seem, that seemed like mm. something, an accident bound to happen, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Stuff, whatever. <laughs> so, yeah. and then we toured with Opeth um, in Europe. And those guys were doing sound checks and had this beautiful acoustic guitar sound from coming from their PRSs. Mm. Um, I asked, like, uh, what's up with that? Is that some kind of pedal or whatever? And I said, no, 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 it's Piezo Bridge that he put on the guitar. I guess everybody else in the world knew about it except me. <laughs> and then I called my guy at Monson Guitars and he said, sure, yeah. Uh, he set up a guitar that had that. And once I started using that, I, I really became a lot more aware of, of how I could also write for, for acoustic and electric guitar sort of simultaneously. Okay. Us being two guitar, we have a lot of opportunities there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, very interesting. That's really good. But uh, yeah, overall, I mean, the album's yeah, fantastic. I've only really had listened to it once, but I want to go back and listen to it again. I always like to listen to it again after the interview to you know see some of the parts, what you what I missed. Yeah, cool. But um, no, thank you once again. And I... Me too, man. Really interesting. No I worries. love watching the guitars. Yeah. <laughs> I want to play. <laughs> All right. Thanks very much again. Okay, man. All Take right. care now. All right. Thank you. See you Bye. Bye-bye.